1: On Commons people this week.
2: There should be no general election until 2020.
1: Well, that's nice and clear.
2: I have just chaired a meeting of the cabinet where we agreed that the government should call a general election.
1: Ah. Hello and welcome to Commons People with me Owen Bennett. This week I am joined by Paul War and Ned Simons and I just want to start uh, today's show by reading a little email that I sent uh, to my colleagues this week. I was actually off on leave and we were debating whether or not to record a podcast and I sent an email just saying, uh, hi guys, are we going to do a podcast this week? I'm not sure there'll be much to talk about. (laughs) So there we are. (laughs) <laughs> Commentator's eye there.
0: Going it wrong again. Absolutely. Yeah, like,
1: like we all did. So let's All let's... the polls pointed to no. <laughs> all the polls wanted them. to know. So there we are. Sorry about our listener. You've got us. We're here because, oh, that crazy Theresa May. Let's start, first of all. She's done the U turn, right? As you heard at the, the clips at the top of the show there. Um, let's kick off by listening to actually Yvette Cooper, who, yesterday in the Commons, seemed to sum it up pretty well.
2: The Prime Minister yesterday said she was calling a general election because Parliament was blocking Brexit. But three-quarters of MPs and two-thirds of the Lords voted for Article 50. So that's not true, is it? And a month ago, she told her official spokesman to rule out an early general election. And that wasn't true either, was it? She wants us to believe that she is a woman of her word. Isn't the truth that we cannot believe
1: a single word? Elizabeth Cooper, and basically the thing is if you're Theresa May and your whole thing is trust me, I'm trustworthy and I do what I say and then you perform this U-turn surely that undermines it. So is that going to be a problem in this in this surprising general election? I, I don't Ned. think so really. I think it's a minor problem.
0: They can have a bit of fun at her expense but I think given that they were arguing that she was this unelected Prime Minister who wasn't chosen by the party, wasn't chosen by voters to then have a go at her for calling an election. I think it's a bit awkward to look like You don't want to fight an election, even if you're making the point that she's made a U-turn. I think you make a U-turn for a reason. So I think it's not that big a deal.
2: I think it does help Labour, though. You're right. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, given where the polls are, you know, it's obviously the case Mm. that an opposition should always want a general election and shouldn't quibble about the reason for it. But the reason it, it matters is only insofar as it helps Labour with this narrative that actually she's not what you thought she was. This isn't the straight-talking vicar's daughter that you thought you could trust. Maybe there's this other Theresa May, and that unleashes all the other things Labour wants to say, which is she's untrustworthy. She is just another Tory with lots of broken promises, which is what Jeremy Corbyn said this week in PMQs. And you list the broken promises, and there are quite a lot of them. If you look at actually what she's done since she was Prime Minister domestically, not brexit Then you've got grammar schools and you've got the national insurance rise, both of which have been botched policies. And so it helps Labour say, actually, she's not as safe a pair of hands as you think she is.
1: It does work if you build it into that narrative, doesn't it? But on its own, if you sort of say, well, she said there wasn't going to be an election. Now there is one. Oh, don't you want one then? Oh, no, no, we want one. That's what you're moaning about. It kind of fit This is why I always thought the fixed term parliament's Act was a bit of a joke, because... As we saw this week, two-thirds can trigger an election, two-thirds of MPs if they vote can trigger the election. So the idea that you go to the opposition and you say, right, I want to call an election, they go, no, I want you to stay in power for four years. Like, That's
2: why it was always a fiction. As you as know, as I said, yes. Whenever
1: I, we used to write, and we've all written,
2: uh, will there be a snap election? You get these people on Twitter who'd say, How, and they'd quote you the fixed-term parliament, don't you realise that it's not possible to have a snap election? There yeah. is no such thing. And I'd... Always tweet back, no, but there is political reality, which is no opposition's going to turn it down
0: if she wants one. I mean, you can argue the, the Fixed-Term Parliament Act worked. They followed the procedure. It just showed the, how kind of pointless it was. It shows it wasn't the Fixed-Term Parliament yeah. Act. Yeah, well, it was. was just it? The, the, the methods in it, they used them. So, But
1: it was funny that one of the people who was instrumental in getting the Fixed-Term Parliament Act... In, onto the statue it was Nick Clegg and he's been the one saying ever since Theresa May took over called a snap election it's like Clegg have you not learnt on tuition fees why do you keep doing this to yourself not that anyone cares he's standing again isn't he though oh Clegg yeah, yeah that was the big there was a flash break on
2: the news on that this week well, yes Nick Clegg stands again <laughs> who would have thought that would be a new story he
1: said in the interview we did with him earlier this year he said he'd stand and there was a snap election there I you go I think Clegg. he thought that he'd yeah. <laughs> to the case um, so is this election going to be all about Brexit, because I don't think this election is about Brexit. I think this election is about grammar schools, and it's about uh, not wanting to be sort of held to the Tory manifesto twenty fifteen. I, I think the whole Brexit I, thing is a massive smokescreen.
0: I think the campaign is about Brexit. I think it's largely about Brexit, but I think those issues of her Theresa May wanted to do stuff that wasn't in the Cameron manifesto it allows her to then do them. But I don't. I think the campaign will be largely about Brexit. And she called it, it
1: because Brexit. of Brexit. I mean, she says she's called but, it because of Brexit, but this idea that she was walking one day and something went. My God. Those MPs and the opposition oh, sure. benches—they might not like what we're doing. You still get get it through, as Mr. Sure. Paul Wall keeps saying. You've got a notion majority of about mm. thirty, thanks to the Irish. North exactly, Irish, but it's also yeah.
0: about—it's about really, I think—it's about the next election. It's about, as has oh been God, said, what, it's, what, what? well, it's about—it's about pushing that one to 2022, rather than it being uh, just after negotiations have ended. Because if negotiations end and everything's a total mess, then you've, you've got to go to the country. But you give her two more years after negotiations have ended to then kind of things to calm down and to for that to. In. Mm-hmm. I, think I think she's more, right about that. It's not actually about this election itself.
2: Yeah, and let's be honest, Brexit is such a massive headache and an enormous problem. It's so complex. There's all these individual deals we're going to have to cut with Brussels. They're going to be transitional deals. That I think Ned's right. Basically, what she wanted to do was buy time and buy flexibility. That's exactly what she's done with a, a, a calling election.
1: Mm, okay. But I mean,
0: <laughs> he says,
1: Sonny, very unconvinced. My God.
2: Uh, I, 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 did you I, say I, the election was going to be about grammar schools? Or did you say it was caused because of grammar no, schools? No, I think that it's the idea. But it's not going to be about grammar no, no, schools. No, 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 no,
1: <laughs> no. The campaign is not about grammar schools. I get that. But the fact is that the, the things that she wanted to do, which she couldn't do, Brexit is not one of them. She could do yeah. the mm. hardest Brexit. She can make us North Korea if she likes. She can <laughs> get it through Parliament, right? Because she can claim I've got the mandate of the people, I've got the MPs that bracket that'd back it. And
2: Labour crucially won't defy it. Exactly right. Yeah.
1: But what she can't do is stuff like grammar schools we saw in the budget with Philip Hammond actually yep. the U-turn on Ash Insurance because that would be, you know, the Lords could legitimately vote against it because it wasn't in the manifesto 2015. So I think actually the campaign's going to be about Brexit but actually I think the thing that's, that's frustrating her isn't Brexit, right? Well, what's frustrating she her
2: wants. is that it, it's not her manifesto. It's is David that, Cameron's yeah. manifesto. And it's George Osborne. And born. I think
1: we
0: said, I think you're right in this sense. We said before, why didn't she ditch some of these things when she became Prime Minister? She had the opportunity with the immigration pledge, with grammar schools. She had a, a window there to say... I'm not just to change my mind quickly, but because she didn't and stuck to them, now it's too late. She has to have a her own manifesto, her own. I'd be
2: interested to see what's in that manifesto. Mm. Who's going to be writing it? Do we know? We don't know yet, but it won't be Oliver
1: Letwin. No, it won't. Is he standing again? He is. There's another mm. surprise. Yeah, and Ken Clark's standing again as well. Yeah. yeah. Good old Ken. So are there any big people from the Tories standing down we didn't think? Were I'm not sure.
0: Down? I'm trying to think who's, who's going. So Gerald Howarth announced today. Yeah. Does he count as a big... As a big name, sure, yeah, sure. yeah.
1: He got his knighthood. Douglas uh, Douglas Carswell, of course. Your your friend, your old friend, Lord, like lord he Carswell. He's going to be a lord. He's going to be a lord. Do you the think? Fi- yeah, the final act of hypocrisy. He'll be him joining the House of Lords.
2: Well, don't you think it'd be quite sweet if he became if he was knighted though? Because that would just really annoy Nigel Farage.
1: Yeah, I mean, that'd be
2: more. Of, <laughs> if you're Theresa May, sure. you want to
1: troll Farage, and yeah. that'd be a
0: good way of doing it, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, totally. I mean,
0: Sir Douglas Carswell of South Bannett, just a really. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. that'd be good fun. Um, But there's some big Labour MPs who are not standing against.
0: More every day. Um,
1: Gisela Stewart, the sort of leading Labour Brexiteer. I'm not surprised. The thing about Gisela Stewart is I know a lot of people really don't like her because she was, you know, a pro Brexit MP. And they kind of felt as well because she was a European immigrant herself, she was denying, seemed to be denying the rights to subsequent Mm. migrants that she. Uh, enjoyed all that kind of stuff. But I quite liked Giza too. I always thought she was quite honest. She was quite open. She wasn't particularly sort of duplicitous or vindictive in any way. I thought actually she was quite a positive. And it's quite yeah. sort
0: of, uh, I don't know the white of the fact that she's standing down. It's 20 years since 97 when her victory in Birmingham was kind of one of the, the big moments in a sense, wasn't it? When she yeah. won that seat. So kind of 20 years on her going, it's quite a... Well, definitely, uh, a,
2: because don't forget that seat she's in, in Edgbaston, was a totemic win for New Labour because this was seen as an impregnable Tory Heartland at one point. Um, you know, the Tories held it for a long, long time. The reason Gisela Stewart kept winning in that seat is because she ran basically a, a sort of new Labourish campaign, which was totally in, in uh, contact with all the voters regularly, almost a bit like Theresa May in a way, you know, doorstep every weekend. And she, I know, ran effectively against the Ed Miliband message in, in 2015. And she certainly would not be a, a Corbynista in, in any normal sense. So it, it makes sense, really. The The big problem, I suppose, is will Labour have a chance of keeping that seat? Because I remember she used to say uh, when I knew her, because she was on the House magazine and, and she was widely respected across the House Commons for being a straight dealer for all parties. So what is the House magazine? The, the House Supreme. magazine is Parliament's in-house magazine, effectively, where MPs and peers you know, can get articles in there. And she was a, a editor of that magazine. And that tells you a lot about Gisela Stewart. She can work across party lines. Lib Dems liked her. Tories liked her. Graham Brady, the 1922 committee chairman, is a fellow board member. So she, she worked across party lines. But she... At all, at all times, her her main focus was actually on making sure that the people in that constituency um, were clued in to real Britain and that she was as well. And I think that's going to be a difficulty for, for Labour replacing, actually. Even at the last election, you know, the majority held up. But she used to say that, you know, Ed Miliband was co- costing lots of votes on the, on the doorstep. Jeremy Corbyn was costing even more.
1: Let's talk about Labour now. Um the the, the the kind of mainstream thinking, if you will, is that Labour are heading the establishment the thinking. Establishment thinking is Labour heading to an absolute disaster, and Tories are gonna are gonna walk it. And like there's there's two things that I want to throw into this. First of all, if we're gonna see complacent Tory voters. I want to see some Tories think, oh, uh, they're definitely the way I'm not gonna bother turning out. And then we also is there such a thing as a shy Corbyn voter? Is there a lot of people who won't admit to pollsters like, Paul Ward's laughing as I say this <laughs> but are there a lot of because he knows that he's never <laughs> met a shy Corbyn, or, Corbyn or <laughs> but, is, it so, but, but generally, generally, is there such a thing as people who will say to the TV crampers and say to poll, oh, I'm never going to vote for Labour and then when they get in the polling booth they go well, I'm not going to vote Tory don't they? Oh, Labour always voted Labour and actually maybe Corbyn will be alright and there's that uh, is, is, is that a that? Po- y- y- yeah, I'm not d- convinced I'm you not convinced
0: right. I think there's people who are always voted Labour who will always vote Labour but that number's not enough to to win obviously so I don't know if there are some shy Corbynistas. I mean they're not really known for being particularly shy.
2: I I I like your spirit, the advent of adventure and the sort of contrariness in suggesting that idea, but it's it's hard to fathom. It's much more likely that people who have voted Labour all their lives are not gonna vote Labour. I mean that we keep hearing this in focus groups, keep hearing it on T V in various marginals. That you know, whether it's Copeland, whether it's Baron Furnace, you get people saying, you know, they're breaking the habit of voting Labour for the first time, and you know there was this theory that actually voting Leave in the Brexit referendum was a gateway drug to voting mm. Tory, uh, not necessarily, and even voting UKIP in local elections as well a gateway drug to voting Tory, and that is very very powerful for the Tories. I've got to say.
0: And talking about so again off topic a bit, but um, to get to Stewart standing down, but Kate Hoey in Vauxhall. What do you think is going to happen to her? Another kind of just talk of Labour MP. So leave the other leave, main leave Labour MP. Do you think there's a chance she could lose that? Obviously her CLP really don't like her because they're big. They're very Remain. But it's very Labour seat. Go. I think we'll see any sort of Brexit rerun there. I'm not or sure, or is it? I actually. don't know enough about the seats. She hasn't got so a lot gonna.
2: of support. I mean, Paul Mason this week famously couldn't say whether or not he'd vote for her. Yeah. He's one of her constituents. Um, I, it's hard to see whether or not... I can't remember how close the Lib Dems mm. or Tories were last time. But if I were her, surely now's the time to step down. You've got what you wanted. Like all these Brexiteers, whether it's Farage, you know, whether it's Carswell, they've got what they wanted. It's
1: like Carswell said, didn't he? He said the, the, the line is that most you know, political careers end in failure and mine hasn't. And he's right, you know, you, you can't. He is, you know, he, in his maiden speech, he said he wanted to take Britain out of the European Union, and he has helped do that. So, you, why why not sit down? It's like, wh- if you're Nigel Farage, why would you stand again? Why would you put yourself in humiliation again of campaigning mm. and find yourself coming third, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, uh, the only place really you could stand where you could win is Clacton, right? Because you know, that, you know <laughs> that they vote UK, right? Yeah. Is he really going to go to Clacton and then. I just, if I was Farage, if I advised Farage, he'd be causing me all the time, but if I did, I'd say <laughs> Nige. I mean, I'll get another book out of it, but, you know, no one wants that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Do they, Ned? They didn't want the first two, really, no, did no, they? all right. It's, <laughs> that's no. not... The uh, second one sold, all right. They didn't sell that one at all. Where will
2: Paul Nuttall stand? That's the other question. Uh, yeah, that's...
1: A, is he going to stand in Stoke again? I doubt it. I mean, part of me thinks it makes sense to stand in Stoke, because you've got the infrastructure there, you've got the name recognition there, then also it's a bit, it's a bit humiliating to go back and... Yeah. Stand there again. Tricky, I
2: mean, but as we said, you know they've, their careers are ending in success in a strange way.
1: So let's talk about Jeremy Corbyn um, and the leaders' debates. Theresa May has made it clear that she doesn't want the old-fashioned head-to-head. I'd say old-fashioned. So we go yeah. Content, <laughs> the, the kind of traditional uh, head-to-head debate. She's happy to do the kind of series of interviews, kind of thing. Um, do you think Labour should keep pushing for this debate line or does it just become, I know you said in, you said I think in your war zone today, it becomes a real processy. I kind of that, thing. I think
2: that is the danger. It, it looks it like is. you're missing what the voters are talking about. Yeah. Now I know the broadcasters say, look, this is all about the voters, voters getting, you know, their say to see the politicians debate up close and personal, but you know, if you're number 10, you want low risk and uh, you can have your cake and eat it in the sense you can have a TV programme but just not one with a head-to-head against Corbyn or, crucially, against Sturgeon and against Tim Farron.
1: Is Theresa May's tactic and the Tory tactics this, this time going to be, uh, we don't need to go on television, we'll just just get Corbyn on there as much as possible because Corbyn will eventually trip over his own shoelaces, will say he wants to, you know bomb Scotland or something you know he will do something mad so if we just sit back if we just do a kind of John Major in 92 almost and just let them lose it you think, is that, yeah, I mean, why, if
0: you're that far ahead in the polls and the polls are right why would you want to do anything really I mean if we've seen in the two events she's done so far the Prime Minister or one should, no questions I think we'd expect to see more of this Her doing speeches it looks nice on TV with activists it looks like she's engaged with the public but there's no questions there's no chance she can say anything accidental she wants to keep everything as it is in a sense and then they think well she just wins whereas if you're Labour which is why I think that maybe they should keep pushing the debate line a bit is cause it does they can say look she's running scared well, if obviously that's probably not the case but they can push that line why is she scared to debate us why is she scared to engage with the issues That at least at the very least will least fire up the base of his support if it doesn't actually achieve but, more than that but
1: the problem with that line the debate line i remember ed Miliband doing this in 2015 was it's all very well until they agree to the debate yeah. <laughs> and then you've got to debate them <laughs> You're like, I, oh no I, actually I, we, we, it's so they, that line only works if she doesn't agree to it <laughs> yeah Do you yeah know what I mean? yeah yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> don't want a victory in that. No. You but I don't think same. she's going to change her mind. No. No. Really but then then We didn't think she change changed her mind about the early
2: election, did we? No, 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 no. But I think on this... But this, this time... I'd be amazed.
1: <laughs> Just imagine the flax you'd get if she then agreed to it and say, ah, you're a flip-flopper. Well, I think there's... I mean, the other the other thing is there's going to be some MPs who will have only served two years, potentially. And, I, and I'm not because they're going to lose Tory seats and lose Labour, but the Lib Dems might come back in a few seats. So if you're a couple of those Tory MPs who elected in 2015... One of the reasons why he went for Theresa May is because she said, I'm not going to call an early election. Whew, I've got five years in this place. All of a sudden, you're going home in a minute. I know, which is why
2: they don't want Tim Farron on telly, uh, to be yeah. honest.
1: Okay, so this year is, of course, the anniversary of a, a truly historic general election victory, isn't it, Ned? <laughs> I thought this is a quiz coming. So I don't want to say yes. anything
0: in case M- I encourage
1: Mr. it. Mr. T. Blair? No. No. You I fell for that, didn't you? Um, you did. I'm yeah, glad that someone was... did. The 1987 general okay, election. Okay, okay. <laughs> Classic, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, my favourite. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: First one that you reported on, Paul?
2: Very funny. Cheers.
1: Okay, well, the question the first is... This one I voted in. Was it really? Yeah. That's where that SDP vote came from, was it? In the in the North? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, right. do These are some MPs who may or may not have got elected for the first time in 1987. Okay. Okay. What's okay. the
0: thing? What's like yes and what's no? Um, Did you think of one of those?
1: No? Uh, no, I didn't no. think of one. <laughs> Yeah. I think <laughs> I you've had, you've had like two weeks off What have you been doing? Out. Yeah but I had a load of other quizzes lined up Then the election yeah, came along yeah, and it yeah. changed yeah. it okay. Get on with it Right, Liam Fox What? Well, was, was he first elected in 87? No oh. I think I'm going to say Is no this,
2: Were they 87 or were they not 87? Yeah, were they first elected in 87? Um, Dr Liam Fox I think he was 92 Ooh,
0: Yeah, was 92.
1: me too I'm, That's what I'm saying though Suck up, yeah, 92 uh, Edwina Curry Ooh. No, uh, she surely she was late before that. Earlier, she? I, mm. Ooh, good one. Thank you. Um, obviously, home, her fame
0: um, uh, was
2: in the early nineties. It's possible. Let's let's go for Edwin Curry. Yeah,
0: I'll say no just to be different.
1: You're right to be different. It is 1983. Oh, uh, Claire Short. Uh she yes.
0: was earlier, wasn't she? Earlier in the eighties. He said confidently <laughs> for <laughs> until, no reason. Until
1: Paul says no, I'm going to say no. It was 1983. Uh, John Redwood. Ooh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ooh, that's Paul making that noise all the way. <laughs>
2: I, th- I think he was elected first in '92. I might be wrong.
1: You are wrong. It was '87. Uh. Mo um, or Momo, we should be called now. Probably. Uh, No. No, she was earlier. No, she was '87. Ah, good vintage. Ming Campbell. I'm wow. just saying yes and
0: no interchangeably now. Yeah. Uh, yes
1: what the question was? No, I want to say no. No, it was eighty-seven.
0: Ah. Nailing this by George chance.
1: George Galloway, Ooh.
2: for which seat? Well, there. What, um, no, I know the seat. He's been in Glasgow Hillhead for a lot longer than 87.
0: I think he's been. A lot longer. I'm going to say no.
1: I think he was there earlier than eighty-seven. It's eighty-seven. He beat huh? the um, great Roy Jenkins in eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Did he? Of course. Of course. Uh, Jerry Adams. Should have thought that through. Uh, no. I think Adams was 83. He was 83. And finally, Anne Widdicombe. Ooh, <laughs> well, I love the way you said that. The real menace. Um, Look me directly in the eyes. Oh. Yeah, let's go, terrifying. yes, Anne
2: Widdicombe. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was 87. Other 87s include Alistair Darling, David Davis. Uh, and the other ones, I didn't say, Tessa Jow was 92. Peter Lily was eighty-three. I'm just saying names now. Peter <laughs> Lily, eighty-three. All like MPs, eighty-three. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there we are. That was this week's this week's quiz. Excellent. Shocking, excellent. What <laughs> we haven't right. talked about
2: was the because you, you did play on her was uh, if that Yvette Cooper clip. Whether what that meant for Labour, because I was outside the PLP on uh, Tuesday, emergency PLP, and Jeremy Corbyn had a sort of lukewarm round of applause. That's good did, for him, isn't it? Did his thing. <laughs> That's very good. But all the, the, oh, the cheers, the foot stamping, the ovation, right at the end. Was it for Yvette Cooper, who came in and said, look, she paid tribute to all those MPs that are standing down, including some of those maybe you might have just mentioned and said, let's go for it. We've got to get up and out and let's go for the Tories. It was full of energy. And I think some of the people in the room thought it was all very deliberate that unlike in 2015, when Yvette came out of that. Uh, election defeat, having expected to be Home Secretary and therefore didn't have a campaign properly in place. This time, it looks like she's very much got a campaign properly in place. Not only did she make that uh, drop that very good question at PMQs, her office tweeted out a clip of it very mm. quickly afterwards. So something's happening, and a lot of Labour MPs, not all of them, are in favour. I mean, I was talking to someone in the bar only this week in the Commons who said uh, they would be expected to be an event support, and they said, "No, it's got to be anyone but Cooper." A B C, mm. because they think she's tainted with the the old regime, and you know they need someone new. But one
1: thing they all agreed on, uh, the MPs I talked to this week, it's got to be a woman whoever's the next mm. level leader. I think th- what I'm hearing from the Vet Keeper thing is she's trying to build much more of a team this time. She's trying to build, you know, I, I would like you to be this person in my shadow cabinet, blah blah blah. I think the Vet Keeper thing, I think. If, it, if there wasn't an election and there had been like a leadership challenge before 2020, then a vet could have come, come and have been the kind of Michael Howard role, couldn't she? But I think you're right, with the election, I think that's going to be seen as a real break, isn't it, chance, right? Let's get someone in who's not tainted with... You know, she still yeah. fancies her
2: chances, there's no yeah. question. I mean, the big thing about her is that, let's be honest... She's now become a new Yvette Cooper. She's more relaxed. Mm. She's, you know, wittier. She's more forceful. She's got a lot more passion. It's not the Yvette Cooper you saw in that leadership campaign where a lot of people really complained that the big problem was, you know, she'd, she'd be asked the question, you know, what's your favorite drink? She'd say, well, I like coffee, but I also like
0: tea. Yeah, that was the problem, uh, wasn't it? Because everyone sort of expected, you know, wait till you see the real Yvette, wait till you see the real Yvette. And then we did, and it was a bit blah. Meh. Whereas this time seems she's got yeah like a bit more yeah passion in her in her speeches.
1: Let's uh, so right. Let's do this now, and we'll play it back in seven weeks' time. Who's going to win? <laughs> <laughs> I think the Conservatives might win. John Paul's saying Tory. I think they might. The Conservative Party. Okay, I'm going to say Tories as well. Sorry, listener. Um, I know you. But. I do now. Think this is what, what I'm I on. What
2: is being oversold perhaps is just the scale of the victory, because don't forget how hard it is to shift Labour for in a lot of seats, even with a large polling lead. So a lot of talk is about 100 seats, 140 seats. And you know, I talked to one Tory yesterday who said actually they were thought maybe 75, 80. Now obviously that's a big lead, mm. but it you know it's worth just checking that okay, size right, of that majority.
1: Size of majority, Ned. Oh, I don't know. Uh... I don't know. <laughs>
0: uh, Sixty-five. Sixty-five. I, th- I think I agree with Paul. I don't think it's going to be huge, huge.
1: Okay. I oh, not be wrong, totally. I don't
2: think so. I, th- I, I think you're in that territory. I mean, I, I'll go for. I'm going to go slightly lower. I'll go sixty.
1: Okay, I'm going to go. Um, probably going to win that one. So Getting his abacus gonna out. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say eighty-two. Good. There nice. you go. These there aren't go. these aren't
2: firm <laughs> predictions,
0: listeners. <laughs> no, they are. They are firm predictions. Okay. okay
1: our future employment. Whoever is the closest. furthest away gets sacked. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
0: Whoever's the furthest away from Paul's guess is. <laughs> gets, yeah. What did you say again? Sixty-five.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I'm closer. What no, he's less than me. Damn. All right then. Okay, listener. Thank you very much for listening. Do you know what? Can I just say very quickly. I saw some stats the the day. How many people listen to this podcast? Right. <laughs> and I was shocked. <laughs> I was genuinely You're shocked. You're more popular than you thought. There's going to be a
0: lot fewer after this one. Seriously,
1: if you listen to this podcast, I just say thank you so much and I really appreciate... Uh, they don't give a monkeys. look at them. But thank you for... And please keep listening to the election campaign. We've got lots of exciting stuff lined up. We had a meeting today to discuss our election coverage and we've got some really good ideas, very exciting things. We can't talk about it now because we need to get them all agreed. But they're really good, so keep listening, tell your friends and all that stuff. Thanks so much and see you next week.